This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. Sometimes when things are the hardest, the roughest, that's exactly where God wants you to be. PJ Jonas, business owner, goat wrangler, and entrepreneur joins us on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Welcome to the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates. And this is Armin Asadi. We're so glad you're with us today. We have another great episode here in store for you. We want to help you put your faith to work because there's so much more inside of you that God wants to have come out when you trust in him and put to work the faith that you have and trust in him to deliver just so much stuff that's inside of you. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I mean, it really does fire me up to think about all the people that are listening to the podcast and just imagining the way that God is wanting to use them to do something remarkable. It is a crazy thought, especially after you have all these people that we've brought on that came from small or came from nothing and now are doing incredible things that are truly changing, not just their little worlds, but changing the world around them and culture and so much more. It's crazy. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to hear from another today. PJ Jonas is a business owner, a goat wrangler, (laughs) entrepreneur, and mom of eight kids. And she is known as the goat milk lady because she has a founder of goat milk stuff a thriving goat milk product business that's been featured on the today show the doctors the huckabee show and in O, oh, the oprah magazine and what a wonderful woman you will hear from truly i think a proverbs 31 woman and we want to welcome to the program pj jonas Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you here. You are probably one of the most unique guests that we will have had, I think, (laughs) and maybe for some time because we've heard you referred to as the goat milk lady and the goat lady. What's that all about? How did you get that? Yeah, I'm pretty used to being unique. So I started a business in 2008 called Goat Milk Stuff, where we use the milk from our goats to make a whole bunch of products that we sell worldwide. And how did that come to be? Well, it started because I had all the children in the bathtub one day. I actually have eight children, um, and I was just letting them wait splash minute, wait, around. Wait, 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 wait. i got to stop you there. <laughs> you had eight in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, technically, at that point in time, only six of them were born. But, yeah, I okay, threw all I was, eight of them in the still, bathtub. Still, six in a bathtub either sounds like a very big bathtub or a lot of mayhem. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of bubbles. <laughs> a lot of, of splashing. <laughs> I'm still just laughing, visualizing six kids in a bathtub. I don't know why, but that just kind of strikes me as... Strange. Yeah. <laughs> Very I'll hard to, to do. Send, I'll have to send you the photo of it. It's, oh, it's that would be great. You do that and we'll put it up on our show notes. That's got to be one of the most unusual stories I've ever heard anybody ever tell me, trying to manage six kids in a bathtub. I'm sorry. Go on. I just had to stop you there. <laughs> okay. So, well, I just let them play because they were just, you know, having fun. And so, for whatever reason, I picked up the baby wash I'd always used 
and read the ingredient list. And I was really upset to find that it was filled with all these chemicals that I, there was no way I wanted to use on their skin. Mm. So I was like, that's it. I am never using this stuff again. I'm going to figure out how to make soap. <laughs> and so I just started doing research and most of the recipes I found called for water because you need a liquid. And I was like, ah, water, that's so boring. I'm just going to put the goat milk in, right? Goat milk's really great to drink. You hear all those stories about Cleopatra taking a milk bath. I was like, it'll be great. All right. Did you own goats at this point? I did. I okay, did. We so had dairy goats for the, the children to drink the milk and so that they could have the chores and the experience for, for their homeschooling. Okay, so growing up with goats for your kids is not unusual, so they're around all the time. Did you grow up with goats when you were a kid, too? No, I actually grew up on an island, so I just had sand. <laughs> we didn't have a garden. We didn't have goats. No, we had nothing. This gets better. Wait, what island were you growing up on? Um, Long Beach Island, which is off the coast of New Jersey. Oh, so wow. you grew up, you're a Jersey girl. I right? am, and, I am. And, and, and so now, everything. And now you're in Indiana raising goats. That's yeah, it's like, a God well, thing. That's, it's just a God thing. Is that a God thing? Total God thing. Okay. I never thought I'd be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so keep going. You're thinking about how you can get your kids a better bath time experience. Yeah, and, and, and so I figured it out. I made soap. You know, I didn't think anything of it. And I put it in the shower and my husband started using it. And after less than a week of using it, his fingers stopped cracking and splitting. And that was a problem he'd had for years. He was a teacher, so he was always using the chalk on the chalkboard. And then he was oh. a garbage man, so wearing gloves. And we couldn't, we, there's nothing we could do would fix it. And making my own goat milk soap stopped the problem. So he had really dry skin then, I'm guessing. And, yeah. and that really mm-hmm. acted as a moisturizer and a cleanser, right? Yep. yep. Okay, so, so that was kind of the, the, you know, the idea of getting it started as a business. So, okay, so... It worked well for your husband, and at some point in time, you and he are talking, and you go, you know, we might be able to make a few shekels from this. Is that kind of how it happened, or tell us more? Well, believe it or not, what actually happened was I I just started making it for the family. I would give it away as gifts. I didn't really think about it. The same time I was making the soap, I started praying for a family business, okay? Just mm-hmm. probably about prayed for about two years. Never, ever put the soap and the family <laughs> business together. And so what God did was, long story short, we went and we drove a big diesel, we drove a Sprinter, which is a big diesel vehicle. And we went to the gas station. We were on vacation visiting my parents, got diesel, went to what we were doing for the day. And when we came back out, the, the engine was dead. It turns out there was gasoline in the diesel pump. Okay. And yeah, destroyed the engine. Okay. And it was like a six month process to fix it where they'd get it running and then it would break again and whatnot. Well, at the end of the six months, we had a $9,000 bill. You didn't try putting goat milk in there to see if that would do it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would have made it worse. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, $9,000, single income, family of 10. I was like, okay, Lord, you know, well, maybe I'll just try and sell a couple bars of soap so I can, you know, put some food on the table. And so we went to a craft show and we brought our soap, we set it up and we sold some, which was good. But what we did was we gave away free samples with our business card. And the next week I just started getting call after call after email from people from moms specifically whose children had eczema. And I had no idea eczema was such a problem. None of my kids had it. I didn't realize it was such a big deal, but the soap was stopping their eczema symptoms. Mm, wow. And that was, God used that, and it just took off from word of mouth from all of those eczema sufferers. Okay, so fast forward for our listeners. You started out, and you saw all of the benefits of what you've put together, and now what has it become? Oh, my goodness. So much more than I could ever 
ever have imagined. So we we outgrew our initial farm and God had this property for us. It's 36 acres. It backs up to Highway 65, which is like the major high north-south route through Indiana. It goes all the way from like Chicago down to the south. And we're less than a mile off the interstate. And we are still an internet company. We still sell, you know, hundreds of thousands of bars online, but we're also now a destination. So we became in 2015, the first and only grade A goat dairy in the state of Indiana. So we're the only ones legally allowed to sell goat milk, um, legally allowed to sell goat yogurt. And so we do all of that. We do gelato, we do candy and fudge and caramel, and we have people come from around the country to come and visit us to do tours. We do baby goat experiences where they spend time in the pen. Mm. And it's just, it's just become this huge thing that we never, ever saw coming. Do you do eight goats in a bathtub? Yeah, <laughs> there's an idea, but no. Now, I, I do have to tell I you, when we picture. first started, yeah, when we first started, that's where they would spend their first night was in our house in the bathtub. But it was usually just three at a time. It was never as many as eight. Oh, that's insane. So how many goats do you guys have on your farm now? We had 149 baby goats born this year, and we are milking 80 goats. <laughs> Who's doing all the milking? <laughs> Well, up until last year, she last year kids. we milked, yeah, we, <laughs> we milked 64 last year. And so the boys, I have five boys and they all took turn. Well, they each had their own goats, so they would milk the 64 goats. And then in the middle of last year, we put up a machine milking parlor. So now my oldest son is the one who milks all 80 goats twice a day. Wow. Okay. I want to explore that spiritual dimension of this for a minute, because you've been on a ride really that you said you couldn't imagine where it had taken you. Roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of ups and downs and twists and turns, I'm sure. You said you were praying that God would give you a family business. When did the light bulb go off for you that this was it? Probably about (laughs) the second craft show we did. It was like the response, you have to remember. So, so now most people have heard of goat milk soap, right? It's a lot, a lot of, a lot of farmers markets. You can find it in the store. Back then, nobody knew what it was. <laughs> you know, nobody had a clue what goat milk soap was, and so there was a lot of education. And when you would see that light bulb go on with people that you know, oh, this can help my dry skin. Oh, this is natural. I'm not putting all those chemicals on my family's skin. You know, all of that stuff. It was like, okay, we can we can work with this. I can educate people because that's what I'm good at, and we can really develop this. So at some point, you have this great feedback that you've been getting, but now it's time to commercialize it. And you have a systems engineering degree, right? Correct. Okay. So that had to kick in here somewhere. At some point in time, you go, all right, we've got to now create a system to support all this. Is that right? Am I imagining that right? Yeah, no. So the children and I were doing it at the house. Okay, when we would make it, we would make the soap, and then it would cover our our dining room table where we would cut it and bag it, package it, and it got to the point where I mean, we were just there was soap everywhere. We were having picnics on the floor because you know we there was no place to eat, and we really got to the point where the children and I were like, we we can't keep we can't keep up with this. So we had a big family meeting. And got everybody together. You know, the children were little. They were, at this point, they were probably like 2 to 12 kind of ages. So the the younger ones just kind of put their hands up when the older ones did. But we still (laughs) included them. And, you know, we said, okay, look, we have a decision to make, right? This goat milk stuff is not making enough money to support us right now. But it looks like it could, okay? Do we want to take the risk 
And do we want to trust that this is what God has for us and have my husband quit his job and come on full time? And so we all decided, yes, we all decided it was we would do whatever it took, sacrifice whatever we had to, to be able to, to take that leap and do it. Did every family member then have a vote in this decision? Yes, every family member votes on everything. You know, like I said, the younger ones, you know, two-year-old obviously doesn't understand what she's voting for. <laughs> but everything we do, because it's a whole family decision, everybody takes part. Oh, cool. So you all decided together that you were going to jump in and make this a business, and your husband then quit his teaching job. Is that right, at that time? He was actually working as a garbage man at that point. He okay. was teaching a couple years before. Gotcha. But what we did was we'd been, we were a very frugal family. We'd been living way below our means and putting all that extra money towards our mortgage payment mm-hmm. to try and get that paid off. And so when we decided to do this, we took out a home equity line of credit and we put an addition on our barn and we bought a big vehicle that we could travel to all the shows with, with all of our stuff and still have all the family be able to fit in it yeah. as well. So that was where the home equity kind of gave us the space and the the means to travel to really kick it off because we knew we wanted an internet an internet business having so many children homeschooling you know having the farm and just being having to be there twice a day to milk the goats you know that was really the kind of business we wanted at that point in time but you need a way to get people to your internet you can't just put up a website and expect people to show up and because we didn't have any money for advertising you know we weren't going to spend money on AdWords or anything like that going to the craft fairs was how we got our name out there. Well, I'm going to add another moniker to your title here, Goat Milk Lady. I think you're a Proverbs 31 woman, it sounds like, a lot to me. I I do my best. I do my best. (laughs) Well, you you glossed over over it really quickly by saying you homeschool your kids. And I, I want to pull on that thread just for a minute. We've homeschooled our four kids, so you have had twice the... Well, when I say we, I, I mean my wife. <laughs> so homeschooled our four kids. So if it works the same way as in your family, I, I'm sure you carry a bulk of the load of the homeschooling as well as running the business and managing life. And how did you keep yourself together during all that? You know, I'm, I'm very good at saying no to things because I had to say no to a lot of good opportunities that came our way because we just couldn't do it. And I'm also very good, um, familiar with the, the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule, with getting things 80% of the way there and then moving on to the next thing because I don't have the time to get it to perfection. You know, the house 80% clean is good enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the garden 80% of the way is good enough. And so that allows us to do a lot. But the main thing that really, I think, set us apart is I have taught my children from the time they could walk to work. Right. We only have non-breakable dishes when the children were little and they were all kept at low levels. You know, I never emptied the dishwasher. You know, I never loaded the dishwasher. I would do the things that they weren't capable of doing and anything they physically were capable of doing, they would do. You know, my six year old used to do all the laundry. You know, that frees up an incredible amount of time when you're, you know, when you're making use of the resources that you have, because not only are they helping, but they're learning and they're understanding how capable they are and they're you know, buying in and having ownership with the dream that the whole family is working towards. And how do you tie your business and use that as a spiritual application for your kids? Oh my goodness. Everything we have, we have a saying around here that everything is a God issue. Okay. Everything you do, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, milking the goats 
because you can do that to the glory of God. You know, this is an animal that you're taking care of. How you treat that animal, how you interact with that animal can all bring glory to God. You know, dealing with customers. There are, you know, when you have a retail business, there are some very rude customers out there. You know? <laughs> yes. And you have some wonderful customers, but you have some very rude and mean customers. And teaching the children how to deal with that in a godly way, I mean, that's an education in and of itself that, you know, so many adults don't even have. So they're learning all of that at a at a young age that when something is in front of you and it doesn't go the way you want it to go, that's God in that too. God's trying to teach you something and it's up to you whether you pout and throw a fit and complain and push it away or whether you take that lesson from God and learn to become more like Jesus. So what are some of those lessons that you've learned from God through your entrepreneurial journey? Um, I have really had to learn that it's up to me to work, right? I'm not, I can't just sit back and expect things to happen. You know, food's not just going to be on the table. The business isn't going to get done. You know, all the things that we have to do. So I have to do that. But while I'm doing that, I have to know and not just know, but live and believe that God is ultimately in control of all of that. And he's the one who's going to bless the work of those of, of my hands and not just the fact that my hands are doing the work. And that's, it's easy to say that. It's easy to say, oh, yes, of course, everything is, you know, is blessed by God. And it's another to really live it and understand that if you've got a task for the day that you were expecting to get done and God brings a customer into, into the soap room that wants to talk about homeschooling their kids, that's what's more important, right? The, the task that I had, that's not what's important. God brought this person to me and I can have an influence in their life and, and help them to understand, you know, that they can, by homeschooling, they can so much help their children to, to become more like Christ. That's where I have to go and let God bless the efforts, even if I'm not doing it. That's good. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, I have a question for you. A little nervous, but go ahead, bring it on. What would your 65-year-old self say to you right now? Oh, well, it would probably start with a slap upside my head and follow with a please stop being an idiot. Ha, exactly. I'm glad you agree. Thanks a lot. Larry. How did you know? <laughs> Have you encountered my old self? <laughs> no, I've encountered mine too. Oh. That's why we all need to know about Great Waters Financial. All right, listen, all kidding aside, Great Waters Financial is a company that I would put my name and reputation behind any chance I get. It's a company filled with people that I know firsthand have character, have integrity, you can trust and you can rely on. And this is a company that I believe is one of the best at what they do. Great Waters Financial, based here in Minneapolis, is a financial planning team that will help you customize a financial plan just for you to get you into retirement and to live it greatly. And they prepared a report for our listeners to download the six things your 65-year-old self would want you to know about Social Security. And if you want to see that report, just go to greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. Investment advisory services offered through Advisor Net Wealth Management. Great Waters Financial and Advisor Net Wealth Management are not affiliated. Insurance products provided by Great Waters Financial, a Minnesota insurance agency.
How do you think this business has changed you for better or for worse through this process? There's so much that comes from being an entrepreneur and not relying on a, you know, a quote company for a quote safe paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing happens in your life without God. You know, you can be the most capable, the smartest, the hardest worker and, and without God there to make it all happen, you know, it's pointless. And so, you know, I, I didn't get saved until I was in my twenties. And so I really grew up, you know, thinking that I was so smart, I was so special, I was such a hard worker that I could do anything. And and knowing that, you know, God could turn off, right? He could have my website collapse tomorrow, right? And then and nobody goes to goatmilkstuff.com or if they do, you know, they can't get it and they can't order. And my income stream stops like that. So just the trust level that being an entrepreneur develops is you know, it's just amazing. I never trusted God the way I do on a day to, you know, give us a day or daily bread. You know, I never understood that until really being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you speak into someone's life right now that is trying to trust God for their business or their finances or their provision or whatever it is that you've experienced in your past? Yeah, it doesn't always happen at the speed and the pace that we want, right? That doesn't mean you're not doing exactly what God would have you to do and you're not in the exact position that God wants you to be. So many times I think we expect that if we're doing what God wants us to do, then everything will be easy and everything will be an immediate success. And in my experience, it does not work that way. Sometimes when things are the hardest, the roughest, that's exactly where God wants you to be. And so patience, right? If you've prayed about this, if you're starting something and you really feel this is what God wants you to do, just be patient. Just keep walking. Just keep doing the next thing. And it will ultimately get you exactly where God wants you to be. <laughs> so talk about a time, PJ, that. when that was a challenge for you, when when your own advice here was hard for you to follow, when it felt like you're ready just to throw in the towel. So this, this is, sounds kind of strange, but what we ultimately have had the hardest trouble with is our success, right? Because we have grown so quickly and we've had a really hard time keeping up with that. And what ends up happening is the family, the children, we end up working way too much, way more than I, I want us to. And I've tried hiring people, right? I've, I've tried hiring several different employees to help. And a lot of them have not gone very well. And so I've really had to recognize that, you know, my, my, my type A kind of personality where, you know, I have to do the best as fast as possible isn't what's important right now. You know, my children are growing up and they're what's more important. You know, the business isn't going anywhere. It's, it's here for the long term. And so, you know, God and I have had a lot of conversations about that, that I need to just be okay with not doing everything I want to do at this, you know, at the moment I think about doing it. Well, it sounds like your own success, like you said, is one of those things that could swallow up all your time if you allow it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you know, it really is. I, I counsel a lot of a lot of people because, you know, a lot of people come to me who, who are starting businesses and they have opportunities, right? And, and God will present them with an opportunity. And you have to be really careful with the opportunities because just because it's a good opportunity doesn't mean you should take it. 
Okay. And you don't have to worry about, you know, keeping that opportunity from out of someone else's hands. You know, that, leave that to God. You, you have to analyze where you are and do you have time to do this? And if by doing this, are you sacrificing something that's more important? Because it's very easy when you have success that everybody's looking at you going, oh my gosh, look what you've done to keep trying, you know, and lose sight of what's really important. Mm, solid. So I have to ask, how do you advise people to run a business and raise a family that honors God? Well, we work really hard to integrate everything, right? We don't we don't homeschool these hours. We don't do God these hours. We don't do business these hours. Everything is integrated, okay? When the children are serving customers, they're learning what it means to have a servant's heart, okay? They're learning what it means to communicate and how to speak in public and all of that. When they're write, answering emails, they're learning writing skills and how to communicate. I, you know, when we talk about homeschooling, my idea of homeschooling for our children was to have it be very, very practical, right? We don't cover as much ground as we do in, as they would if they went to a public school, but what they learn, they retain and they use. And I teach them how to learn and to love to learn. And so I can apply that love of learning, that that desire to learn things is important. I can apply that to business. I can apply that to Bible. I can apply that to relationships. And so I found that because everything is integrated, you're able to just, you know, instead of, you know, if you have like five different tracks, you know, God, the business, the homeschooling, instead of moving one track forward at a time, everything just sort of shifts in the right direction and goes along together. So what are some of the greatest challenges people are going to be facing taking that advice from your experience? Getting sidetracked. It is really easy to get sidetracked. It is really easy in our culture to look around at the world and to say, oh, so-and-so is doing that. That's happening over there. I should be doing that. And that takes time with the Lord in prayer. You know, and it doesn't have to be, I, I tell moms, right? I don't have... I would love to have an hour every day, quiet, no children, no nothing with my Bible. <laughs> I don't get that, right? right? I, you know, I try and if I'm getting any exercise, if I'm out for a walk, I try and listen to a sermon or whatnot. I, you know, I, I grab my Bible when I can. But for me right now in my life, it is mostly just literally nonstop talking to God. Just, okay, God, here's what's going on. What am I going to do about this? How are you going to handle that? And, and I really feel that when you are in that constant communication, God keeps you on the right track because, you know, my heart is to do whatever he wants me to do. And I tell him that all the time, like, just tell me, Lord, just, you know, I'll do it. You just have to show me what it is you want me to do and I'll be happy to do it. And so if you can keep that focus, every time you do get pulled aside, because you're going to, this is the world, there's so much going on. You know, I mean, Goodness, all you have to do is pick up your phone and get, you know, sucked in by the internet and you're going to go down some rapid trail. But if right. you can keep coming back to that and stay on your plan and stay on your path, that's going to keep moving you in the right direction over the long term, which is ultimately what we want. And sorry, do you, do you want to go? No, go ahead. Okay. So maybe you've already answered this in that, in the way that you just answered the last question. But in terms of bold ideas, I mean, you you bet your house on it, you bet your farm on it, you bet your life savings on it. I mean, you, you made a bet on your bold idea before you took that step, and it was a big bet. 
So what do you hope that someone listening to this podcast that's considering taking a step towards their call or their bold idea would take away from listening to you? It can be done. You know, I think a lot of people, you hear a lot, you know, oh, the American dream is dead. Oh, you know, we're in trouble. I mean, I launched Goat Milk Stuff in 2008 in the recession. Mm. Okay. If you're doing what God wants you to do and you have confidence in that, go for it. Because God's going to support it. It may not be as fast as you want. It may not be, you know, it may, it totally may not turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. But God's going to be behind it if you are bathing it in prayer and you are convinced this is what you want to do. And if you're not convinced, then you need to pray some more. Okay? Because it doesn't mean that it's not going to be easy. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have like this magic epiphany. But you'll just get this settled confidence like, I have to do this. This is, I have to, I have to try. You know, if I lose everything, I lose everything, but I have to try because I have this golden opportunity that God wants me to take. Mm, good. So good. <laughs> PJ, who's inspired you in all these years that you've been pushing through this? Whose, whose words or actions have been most helpful to keep you going? I love Elizabeth Elliot. You guys familiar with Elizabeth oh, Elliot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I When I was a brand new Christian, I would listen to her on the radio. I got some of her books. I read some of her books, The Shaping of a Christian Family, some of those. And, you know, talk about a life that, you know, out of tragedy, where she could have given up, quit, you know, done whatever. She took that, that tragedy that God gave her, and she turned her life into something amazing in the life of her daughter. And, and God just blessed her in so many ways. And she said something once when someone asked her how she survived the, the days when they didn't know whether her husband had survived or not. She said, I just did the next thing. I just kept doing the next thing. And there are so many days where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am so overwhelmed. I, you know, I could do a bajillion things, and I just say, okay, God, I'm just going to do the next thing. You just tell me what the next thing is and that's what I'm going to do. Whether that's something for the business, whether that's just making dinner for my family, whatever it is, I'm just going to do the next thing and keep doing that. And eventually that overwhelmed feeling goes away. Yeah, that's good. A mutual friend of Armin and I, Roger Thompson, wrote a book called Do the Next Right Thing along that same, along that same theme, just do the next thing when you're overwhelmed. Yeah, well, it, it's really some very, very good advice to get you out because, you know, this too shall pass. You'll get out of that feeling. So much of that is just emotion that clouds are thinking, and that's why we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, well, this is you've, you've shared so many good nuggets and insights yeah. here. PJ, I'm just so glad to have you on the program. How can our listeners find out more about goat milk stuff or about you? Yeah, the, the easiest way is to just go to our website at www.goatmilkstuff.com. That's where you can get access to email or phone call for us. We're on social media all over the place at Goat Milk Stuff. Um, I also have an offer for your listeners. If they're interested, they can get a free bar of soap. All they have to do is go to goatmilkstuff.com slash bold soap. And bold soap is all just one word. I love that. Love it. Now, can you get the soap engraved with our logo? Could we, uh, <laughs> we make that happen? You, you could probably pay my children to sit there and hand and carve, carve in hand them. I'm sure they'd be happy to come up with bold a idea logos. <laughs> <laughs> See now, it's, now we're coming up with some product line ideas for you, PJ. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be a hit. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for being on the program. It was a delight to speak with you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Take care, PJ. Oh boy, Armin, that was PJ. I as soon as she said New Jersey, I, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. 
your your personality, how direct you are, your delivery, just I love it. You're a Jersey girl. Yeah, Makes she's sense. Got a, she's got a lot of drive. <laughs> Get the impression she's got a motor running at high RPMs oh, all day long. I feel so lazy right now. I know. Right? <laughs> I don't know. If I should do some push-ups. I don't know what to do. So to feel less lazy after talking to her. Kind of reminds me of that poster. It says work fascinates me. I can sit and watch it all day long. <laughs> Uh, that would be a poster I have after listening to her. <laughs> wow. Well, there's so many things about this interview that I think are worth us talking about. Why don't you start with one that stood out for you? You know, there was a line that she said that I can't get out of my head. She said, everything is a God issue. It almost sounds too basic for it to be profound. But if you watch the day-to-day lives of most people, or if you just watch my life, I don't make everything a God issue. Mm-hmm. I make a lot of things my issue, mm-hmm. right? Like I screwed up, I failed, I didn't work hard enough, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I mm. didn't, right? Mm. Or if I lack emotional intelligence that day, it's they didn't this or yeah. they weren't that, you know? But like it's almost, a, I don't know, It's I don't want to say it's a new approach, but it's a different approach, right? That everything revolves around God, yeah, every issue. I think that's really incisive. I mean, because we often operate on this kind of human interaction plane, which is it's my issue if I'm being kind of Mm self-centered. Well, actually, both probably are a little bit (laughs) self-centered or it's your issue, you know, kind of like (laughs) it depends on whether, like you said, perhaps whether you have a higher or lower emotional intelligence. And maybe we've just created something else here. Maybe this is spiritual intelligence and she's (laughs) just described it. Yes. I'm trademarking that. Don't take that. (laughs) (laughs) So PJ is our first example here of spiritual intelligence. And and you know, the word she used, which I don't think I've heard anybody else talk about. It's a word that I'm I'm particularly fond of is the word integrated, you know, and, Um. and how she talked about there isn't a God time. There isn't a homeschooling time. There isn't a you know, a work time, it's all together. It's very integrated. And that I think is just, yeah. And, and when she said, you know, uh, when she talked about praying, yeah, you know, that too, it, she could have easily just said that's integrated because it's in everything that I do. And I think that's exactly what you're describing. Everything is a God thing. And I know just from her saying that I know why women and moms especially probably love her, right? Cause it's not, it's not a rare thing for someone, even someone coming on the show to say, you know, start your day out with, this structure doing this specific thing and spending this much time on Bible, this much time in prayer, right? Where every mom probably listening being like, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to have my robots clean my house for me (laughs) and do my laundry for me, right? But every mom thinks in an ideal world or maybe when I'm an empty nester, that that could be my reality, but it is not my reality. But it leaves those people feeling like, well, do I just suck as a Christian? Yeah. Is that the only way where you have someone, you know, who's obviously very successful at what she does, obviously in good connection with God, being led by God and leading her family for God. And is just is like you said, a Proverbs 31 woman from at least what we can see. And I don't know. It seems like her process isn't that habit of all these things happening in the morning and right before you go to bed. It's a it's a process of integration. And I think that's a really hopeful message for those people who can't find time for that. Yeah, we can get tied up into ritual and and believe that it's our ability to go through the rituals and get them all together that makes it, you know, important or or makes us valuable as a person. And it's not that at all. We can totally miss it because it's back to that kind of living on the human plane again. We gauge how well we feel about ourselves by, you know, 
how long of a quiet time did I have this morning? You right. know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally miss that as well. I miss even really connection. It's just you're going through a you're going through a ritual. Right. I think the other part of it is that she very much delivered a message of God will bless the hands in motion mm-hmm. if if that's kind of how I heard it. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I, I Well, she said it's up to me to work, but God is ultimately in control and he's the one that will will bless our labors and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so very much a you you got to be moving if you want to get somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me from right. her personality, she's very much a mover, right? <laughs> totally. And yeah. a shaker. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just all around solid listening to her. I think she's uh, another Sherry Rigby in my opinion, just another motivational speaker and who doesn't realize she is a motivational speaker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a, a closet motivational speaker just yeah. in terms of how she is, right? I love the fact that she said, you know, there's going to be so many opportunities and just because it's a good opportunity doesn't mean it's the right opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think that's really valid and important for us. And it really kind of comes back to if you don't know something about yourself, you can't determine whether it's a good opportunity or the right opportunity. And I, I think there's it. a difference between those two yeah. things. And to your point, when she said, I don't remember what specific question you asked her, but it was something along the lines of how did you manage it all? And her immediate response was, I got really good at saying no. Yeah. Which... <laughs> Seems easy <laughs> until you try to apply it. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you know, I know that when it's hard for me to say no, it's because I don't want the other person to think poorly of me yeah. in saying no. Or in which rejected. case, yeah. In which case then I've, I've kind of put my value of their thoughts about me higher than what it is that God has assigned me to do. Ooh. Wow. That's really good. Well, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. It's, it's I'm more interested in what I look like in the mirror than what God has given me to do. Wow. And the mirror being the other person reflecting back to me, mm-hmm. at least in my imagination, what they might be thinking if I said yes or no. Right. So she's got some really hard things for us to really think about, I think, yeah. in terms of saying you know, if God has given you to do it, I love that she talked about that. You know, if you've got that confidence that, that this is something that I have to do, then go do it and trust God and rely on God. And she described that one of the things that she really learned through the whole entrepreneurial process is this reliance on God. Mm-hmm. And I can say that that's true for me. When I started my business back in 1985, it's like, you know, there, there wasn't a lot you can turn to when you 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 have the corporate paycheck when you're in a job mm-hmm. and this isn't to disparage jobs at all but you can get very comfortable in the fact that you know you could do a bang up job in terms of you know you could give 110% or frankly you could give 80% and it's not largely going to change your paycheck right but if you don't give 110% when you're out on your own and you're just like you know praying for God as well to bless the work of your hand you know, it isn't going to happen. Hmm. You you sit idle when you're on your own as an entrepreneur and you're going to get idle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't help at no, all. It doesn't help at all. Right. And so I think this back to this whole idea of been integrated. And I love the fact that she took homeschooling. She took her role as a parent, as a mom, as a wife, as a educator, and as a businesswoman. <laughs> And all of that was happening at the same time. Mm. You know, she really integrated this work, faith, and family in a very beautiful way. We were just looking, Armin and I were just looking at her website, and they have a video there where all the kids talk about their role 
yeah. in the company. It's just one of the cutest things. Yeah. I just thought it was great. And it just, again, this whole idea of integration. Right on. I, I, I just loved having you around. I'm so glad we did. And I actually have a lot of takeaways, a lot more than we're you're going to have time to talk about. So blessed to have had her. If you enjoyed this as much as we did, we hope you share this with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever other social media feeds that we're on, including Google+. And if you want to find out the show notes for this episode, just go to boldideapodcast.com backslash 29 because that's the episode that we're listening to and if you would please leave us a comment on our show line at 612-568-IDEA or 612-568-4332 and more importantly if you could leave us a review because that helps get our name out into the public at boldideapodcast.com backslash review for now this is Armin Asadi and Larry Gates saying farewell You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.